Sometimes even crises that are minor get dragged out over decades, but the crisis of Hans Island, also known as the Whiskey War, was finally squared away last Tuesday. With Bob's World, I'm Bob Welch. More in a minute. So where the heck is Hans Island? The New York Times calls it a desolate, kidney-shaped piece of rock in the Arctic, and I'm not going to argue with that description. However, for 49 years, it has been the source of a rare territorial dispute for Canada. Why? It sits right in the middle of the international boundary between Canada and Greenland, an autonomous territory of Denmark. Over the decades, the dispute between Canada and Denmark has been fought in whimsical ways. Canadian troops started visiting the island in 1984, and since that time, up until last week, they planted maple leaf flags and left behind bottles of Canadian whiskey. Danes have been regularly dropping in as well to replace the Canadian items with schnapps and Danish flags, and cabinet ministers over the years from both countries have arrived by helicopter to assert their nation's competing claims and survey the rock they claim to govern. Now this long-running and largely benign diplomatic crisis has reached an end. Canada and Denmark signed an agreement last Tuesday that formally defined their Arctic marine boundary and settles the question of Hans Island's ownership. The island will be split, with about 60% of the rock becoming Denmark, and the rest becoming Canada. The country's two foreign ministers, Canada's Melanie Jolie and Denmark's Yepi Kofod, contrasted the peaceful and successful, if protracted, resolution of the dispute with the violence and turmoil of other territorial struggles, most notably Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The fight over a meaningless piece of rock dates to 1973, when Denmark and Canada wound up talks about boundary and underwater rights but didn't reach a deal over Hans Island, oil and gas reserves lie in the 22-mile-wide Narrows Strait, where Hans Island sits and that separates the two countries. Michael Byers is an international law professor at the University of British Columbia who studies Arctic sovereignty. He tells the New York Times that the resources are too deep and the area too filled with icebergs to make offshore drilling likely. The professor ominously adds, it would be extremely expensive oil. If we're drilling for oil at those depths and at that location 10, 20, 30 years from now, we'll have lost the fight against climate change. Some issues around fishing rights were long ago settled by other international treaties. Canada's Foreign Minister Melanie Jolie said that the newly settled marine boundary between Canada and Denmark, which she characterized as the longest in the world, will provide an important example to other nations as they deal with questions surrounding the Arctic seabed and the resources it contains. The foreign ministers of both countries say that reaching an agreement involved talks by both countries with Inuit, who live on both sides of the border and who know the island is Tartapluk. The Danish foreign minister Jeppe Kofod said that the agreement protects the Inuit's cross-border hunting and fishing rights and also ensures that the new boundary will not hinder their travel across Hans Island. Given that Canada and Denmark are longtime allies and enjoy friendly relations, why did it take this long to reach a deal? Part of the answer, Professor Beyer says, is the slow pace of the United Nations processes for settling marine boundary issues that are governed by the 1982 Law of the Sea Treaty. But he also noted that highly publicized drop-offs of liquor by troops from both countries have typically preceded elections, suggesting that some governments found political value in dragging out this, 
whiskey war, we'll call it. By the way, the agreement means the end of the whiskey war. The two ministers exchanged bottles of booze for the last time one week ago today. What's next in diplomacy? The U.S. and Canada settling who owns Machaya Seal Island along the boundary between Maine and New Brunswick? Nobody lives there either, except for the only lighthouse in Canada, or the U.S., still run by a human. It's part of declaring Canada's right to the island, but that's a story for another day. That's Bob's World for this Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. I'm Bob Welch. Make it a great day.